You are listening to Shabbat with Apostle Dwayne on the Just Truth Network. Shabbat with Apostle Dwayne is a weekly Sabbath morning broadcast where you will hear a message from the Lord. Join us now to get a true biblical perspective and reliable encouragement in the things of God. Good morning. Welcome to another Shabbat with Apostle Dwayne. Uh, how's your week been? I'm not, I'm not sure how yours has been, but mine's been pretty um, active. Um, and again, I just thank you for joining me on this uh, broadcast that I do every Sabbath morning, uh, just to you know spend an hour of time uh, with the Lord and to get a, a word from God. Um, over the course of the last week, I've done a lot of different series. And for those of you who are familiar with my ministry, Apostle Dwayne, in the Just Truth uh, ministry series, I've got eight different shows I do, including this one, or eight different ministry broadcasts, I should say, and throughout the week, and I cover a lot of information. So if this is the first time seeing me, please go check out the broadcast that I do uh, and also the podcast. Some of you may be listening to these on podcasts, and I do a live broadcast, and then I just transfer that over to the podcast. So if you want to see the live broadcast, I'm on. Um, YouTube and Facebook, you can see that. That being said, so today's message, today is the Sabbath. Today is the 23rd of July. Yes, July 23rd, 2022. And so today's message, God has given me a word. This is a letter to the 21st century church. And just like you, we have the letters from uh, the apostles that, that actually make up the New Testament. God still speaks to his people. He still speaks to people, everybody that's called, he speaks to. In addition, he has different levels of, of, of assignment. And so he's always speaking. The question is, are we listening? Now, some of us have grown up in a lot of traditions, and, and the problem with those things is that you can develop a tradition that's devoid of the meaning of what it started. That's where religion comes from. Religion is things people just do religiously. It's not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. A lot of times they're just empty, and it's because the people have gotten stuck into a thing that they do that they don't even know why they do it. And I've heard lots of different stories that you can give analogies on that. But today I'm going to give you some very specific ones. And so we're going to talk about what, you know, is going to be going on from now and into the future and how we need to operate to be effective as God's uh, people that he is called. And so this is a letter for the 21st century church, but not just the 21st century, it's the 21st century and beyond. So everything I'm telling you right now, just think of it like Buzz Lightyear, infinity and beyond. Okay. And so we need to be focused on always being prepared and being ready and able to do what God has called us to do. And that's not going to come from sticking your head in the sand and, and not really being knowledgeable about this word and, and the times and the seasons that you live in. You have to be effective in your time. And so this word that I'm going to give you this morning is permanent. 
you'll always be able to see the scripture or see through the scripture in the way that I'm going to tell you right now, regardless of how many centuries that we have left in human history. I don't, I particularly don't think it's going to be that long because of the signs that I see, but I'm not God. No man knows the day or hour, but what I'm going to show you today and tell you today is going to be useful in your life and in generations to come, because this is the way it's always been. And so what I'm going to show you in the scripture today and give you revelation on is going to ground you and and help you in, in how to operate. Uh, sidebar, I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or the day before. One of the, um, one of my, the people who's been following my ministry sent me a question after I did a teaching on the book of Enoch. I think it was yesterday. And in the question, he has some concerns about some of the things that he's doing and whatnot. And, and, and a lot of times, that's what we need. We need clarity. You need clarity. You need specific revelation as to, you know, what is going on? What are my choices? What are my likes and dislikes? And how does God feel about these things? And am I doing something wrong or, or whatnot? And, and I was able to just give him some scripture and a few sentences and, and he was good. And see, that's what we have to do. We have to learn to live through the scripture instead of getting caught up in things that can, can stymie your growth. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into the message. So um, one of the things that we have to understand about God is that, Right here in Malachi 3.6. Now, this is taken out of from three verse 3, 1 through 3.6 in Malachi. He's talking to uh, the, the, the Hebrew people and he's telling them, you know, he's really upset with them. But he said, my servant's coming. My, who's going to be able to stand in his day when he comes? And and it's and it's talking about like, you know, you know, what's going to happen when Mashiach shows up. And if you really look at that scripture, it's really talking about two things when he shows up the first time and then when he comes back. OK, but uh, but right here, he says, for I'm the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not confused. For I am the Lord, I change not that one part right there. I change not. There's a principle that you have to understand about God. He does not change. But he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't change because. He doesn't like to change. He doesn't need to change. God is so far advanced over anything, concept, person, whatever you can think of. You know, like when you see these uh, superhero movies, like the Marvel movies, and, and, and the higher you go, the smarter and more and part more powerful and bigger the thing is that that's the <clears throat> that's the antihero or whatever. But these things pale in comparison to the actual true and living God. You 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 live and move and have your being in him. This is, you know, the, you know, the, the power that you have to breathe comes from him. OK, this this God that we serve, that the, the true and living God is so far advanced. Human technology will never be able to catch up. Not on this side. No earthly technology, nothing out of pit of hell. Nothing. There's nobody who's ad as advanced as God. He doesn't need to change because he's the one that everything comes from. He's the one who sustains it. 
You know, he doesn't he doesn't need to adapt to new times and seasons. He's in the past, present and future at the same time. I mean, he steps into and out of time. God is so far advanced over what we try to limit him to. And and it just causes us trouble. Okay, and so one of the things we have to understand is you don't need to get stuck in any religion where it says that you have to, let's say, you got to wear the same thing people wore 3,000 years ago. I mean, God can see every style and trend that's coming. You know, and, and when you get to heaven, you'll be wearing clothes made of light. Okay, I mean, the angels, when they show up, their clothes look like lightning. There's, there's nothing that we have from the past that you have to hold on to like that. Okay, so, so just understand, uh, you know, uh, and so I'm going to go through a lot of things like this, but so let me just go ahead and start from the first thing. So God is, I'm just letting you know, he doesn't need to change because he's too far advanced. He's more advanced than he'll never need to change. I don't care how far you go forward in time and all that stuff. You know, eventually he's going to get rid of time. Okay, so, so, you know, just understand no matter how far we advance in our technology, we're still on an infantile level compared to the things of God. Okay. An angel can turn and step from your dimension into another one from, he can just turn. He, he didn't even have to turn. He just poof. And he's in a different part of the world from here. I mean, you have to understand spirit is way different than flesh. There's no limitation in spirit. And God is amazing. You know, So again, I'm just, I don't mean to just belabor the point, but I just want you to understand that the church was not designed to be to get outdated. Okay, now I need to, before I get deep into the message, I, I want to show you a couple things right here. And I talk about this a lot because this is revelation. Okay, so right here, um, this is Matthew, uh, Matthew 16. In this chapter, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And uh, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood haven't revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. So you can't come to Jesus unless God reveals them to you. That's the first thing. But then he also said, and I tell you that you are Peter. Peter means little stone. And on this rock, meaning himself, the bedrock, I will build my church. Now, the word that we use for church there. Now, keep in mind, this is translated from Greek. And Aramaic and and. But the word that's used right there for church is ecclesia. Ecclesia means my called out one. So he said, and on this rock, meaning himself, the bedrock, I will build my called out ones and the gates of hell will not overcome them. And then right here. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right. So this is where I'm going to come from as I tell you the things that I'm getting ready to show you. Okay. So the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven dominates the earth. It's, it completely encompasses and permeates it. The kingdom of heaven, that's God's kingdom. He owns everything everywhere. He owns the earth. He has the title deed to it. He made it. He sustains it. The galaxies, everything. He owns everything everywhere. And, and so that's the kingdom of heaven. He, he owns everything. Okay. And so his rule and reign and authority 
is 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 it trumps everything and so if you are in him you have the ability if he gives you the keys to the kingdom he gives you his authority to act and operate okay so just understand that and then also um right here he says in the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it what it really says there is the gates of hell won't be able to overcome them. Now, I'm going to take a little sidebar. A few years ago, probably about seven years ago, I was praying and meditating. No, it's about six. And I was praying and meditating. And I was talking to the Lord about that scripture because it always confused me where it says the gates of hell on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't overcome it. And I always imagine, you know, a church building and then a gate leaning up against it. And I just couldn't get the reference. And then the Holy Spirit, he put me to sleep real quick. And he showed me an army um, with a battering ram kicking in the door of a castle. And then I woke up. I mean, it was just about five seconds. And so what that tells you there is the, that he's going to give you the authority to kick the, the Satan's door in. See, that's the church. The church is not designed to not be active and at war taking territory neither is satan's church everybody who's not in the actual church is in satan's church and the world is trying to get the church to either be silent or to shrink back or to change what we believe or say you know they're they're actively assaulting the church the or the ecclesia the called out ones and so the, it, it's a constant barrage to get you to change your confession and to turn away from Mashiach, from Messiah. Okay. And so what we have to do is understand that you are in a battle that you don't get to set the terms to, meaning you don't get to decide if the battle is real or not. You don't get to decide if the battle is going on or not. You don't get to decide if you quit or not. You know, the only thing you can decide is either you're going to be faithful or unfaithful in the battle because the battle is not going to stop because of you. The battle's not going to stop because of your opinions, your likes or dislikes. The battle's not going to stop. But the only thing that's going to happen is either you're going to take territory, meaning you're going to kick Satan's door in, or your territory is going to get lost. It's going to be taken. And the only way that happens is you change your confession. And so, so just understand that as part of the church, you are in a conflict. There is a conflict going on in the spirit and in the flesh here that if you are a believer in Christ, there's a certain amount of warfare that's going to be going on in your life. You're going to have witches trying to put curses on you. You know, there's all kind of stuff that's that that happens that nobody even really talks about. But the thing I want to wake you up at or to understand is that there is a warfare going on around you. And that's why a lot of the unexplained things that happen in your life are so unexplainable. That's why that's why the things that, you know, as soon as you came to Christ, all of a sudden, you know, warfare started breaking out and and you lose things or lose jobs or people turn away from you or 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 whatever i mean it's just conflict is going to come in the life of, of a believer but the thing that you should embrace actually is being in the conflict and stepping into the fight and understanding that your job is to actually take territory your your job is to get a become a strong disciple and then be able to make other strong disciples that's that car that comes with being in the army Okay, so if you're a believer, you're in God's army and he wants to strengthen you and bless you. But you got to understand that 
at the exact same time that he wants to do that, the devil wants to take everything you have, including your life. And the main thing he wants to take is your confession. He wants to get you to turn away from, from Christ. Okay, so I'm going to, let's go ahead and, and let's talk about the 21st century and beyond ecclesia, the called out ones. High tech. We have to embrace being involved in technology. The 21st century and beyond church is, is, is extremely high tech. Now, I just want to let you know that I've been an inventor most of my life. I've been inventing things. But a lot of the ideas I get, God gives them to me. I might have to work it out. I'm, he might just drop the grain of it in there and I have to flesh it out. But he is always giving people ideas. He's it's like a radio transmitter. He's transmitting ideas into the earth. And if you don't catch it, someone else is going to catch it. I learned that when I started to study patents, that here you have thousands of years of human history and two people will come up with the exact same invention within months of one another and go to file a patent at the same time. How is it possible that two people who didn't know each other in two different parts of the world had the same idea? That's because their, their antenna was tuned in to the transmitter. God is always transmitting ideas into the earth. And because of that, things are going to continue to move forward. The technology in heaven is amazing. Okay. And, and all we're doing is, is we're getting more and more technical, technical knowledge here and the ability to do stuff. But you have to understand that nothing we have here is as advanced as anything in heaven. And so we need to be embracing technology and be on the forefront of it, not afraid of it. You have a lot of Christians who are not embracing the the abilities and the gifts and talents that god has given you because you think that maybe we're supposed to you know um you know be like the amish and and the funny thing about the amish they know about all the technology and stuff i mean they, they just choose to not use it but but the thing is god didn't tell us to to stay in an antiquated part of life some of the greatest inventors in the history of the world have been Christians. Okay. So uh, just understand we got to be high tech. Uh, the church is advanced. Now here's a, something that, that a lot of people don't understand. God has revelation for us, wisdom and revelation. Some of the greatest scientists in the world have been Christians. Some of the greatest uh, inventors of uh, vaccines and things like that have been Christians. Don't think that just because you're a believer and God has given us territory in the spirit that you're not supposed to exercise being proficient here on the flesh. You know, if we go back and you look at the story of Daniel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you look at the story of Joseph in Egypt. You look at the story of Noah building an ark. The, the believers have, have made change. They, they do things at very high level. God gives you the ability to administrate and you shouldn't, be deficient in anything we're supposed to be advanced so we should not just embrace you know being high tech and 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 um and technology and things but we need to embrace being on the forefront of positive change okay now there are some things that god says don't change and, and we're going to talk about that but when i'm talking about just things that are happening in the earth you know there's no a lot of times we could just get caught up in the religion 
okay? Styles, fads, things like that, that come and go. But sometimes what we do is we just kind of stay in a, you know, in a, it's okay to be peculiar. If you're, if you're holding, you're righteous, you're going to be peculiar. That's where the peculiarness is. Not necessarily in the way we look. Okay. And um, so, so I'm going to go a little further on that in a second, but, but just understand we're supposed to be advanced. We're supposed to be on the forefront of things. We're supposed to see and understand things and be able to answer things that no one else can answer. That's that's when you got revelation, when God is giving you answers real time that solve problems that no one else can figure out. For example, you look at the story of Daniel. When I was talking to you about uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you had a dream. No one could figure out the dream. Well, he, actually, Nebuchadnezzar, he told him, I'm not even going to tell you the dream. You got to come and tell me the dream and give me the interpretation. Only person that happened to was Daniel and his three friends. Okay. But who's going to get a dream? Who's going to get the same dream somebody had? Only way you can get that is from God because he's advanced. Later on, when, uh, who was it? I guess it was one of the, 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 the son of Nebuchadnezzar. He was, he decided he was going to be all high and mighty. And he decided he was going to take the, the, the holy things that were set aside for, for use in the temple and he was going to throw a party and they were going to drink out of all of them. And so then a hand pops out and writes on the wall in a language he couldn't understand. None of his people could understand. It was just a little hand pops out. Imagine just a little hand, like, like, I guess it was uncle Fester or it or whatever it was on, on uh, uh no, it was the thing, whatever it was on, on the Adams family. But bottom line, just imagine just a little hand just pops out by itself and starts writing on the wall in blood. You tell me that's not advanced. And the language, the man couldn't understand it. He sent for everybody in his kingdom. Nobody could, could interpret it. And this was a huge country. Imagine a country like the United States with the amount of power and authority the United States has for their day. You know, they had a lot of wise people. They had a lot of smart people. And none of them could read it. And so then someone said, oh, well, there's this one guy, this guy, Daniel. And so they brought Daniel down and he read it. He told him, you know, and, and so the point that I'm making is God has the ability to do advanced things. He does advanced things. And, and likewise, as believers, you know, the church is supposed to be advanced. We're not supposed to just be normal. We, you know, we should be uh, walking in, in the miraculous to a degree. Now, I did a message two days ago on my manifesting the mind of Christ, where, you know, the Lord gave me a message to give you about you know, the manifesting the miraculous or walking in the miraculous as believers. Are you maturing into the miraculous? I, I suggest you go back and 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 watch that message because it's very important that you understand just how advanced we're supposed to be and that we can be in God. OK, the church is agile. So now one of the things that hurts people is when things change. They can't adapt to change. A change in the law, change in the scenery, change in environment, whatever. Organizations that like, for instance, Blockbuster. No one hardly even knows what Blockbuster is anymore. But what happened was back in the 1980s, the, the VCR came out. And 
up until that point in time, the only way you could see a movie was you had to have one of those real cameras or you, you went to a movie theater and they, they played it on a reel or you saw it at home on a reel. And then a stream, a early form of streaming service, which is HBO and, and Cinemax and some of these police uh, companies, they started broadcasting movies on TV. But before that, you can only see them on either at the movie theater or on TV, or if you had a little little camera, a real camera, just like the ones that they filmed the movies with. Well, the VCR came out, and next thing you know, you could put like a little cassette tape, you could put a movie in and just watch these. Now, I'm talking to you about things that, that are gone now. Nobody uses cassettes. Nobody uses VCR tapes and stuff like that. You see these things, they, they're antiquated. But at the time when the VCR came out, the movie companies thought that the VCR was going to kill the movie business. What it did was it gave it new life. Now, movies that they, that once they left the theater, people could buy those old movies all the time now, and they could just have a library of these movies in their house. And then it went from that to, because the VCR tapes, they were kind of big. Then it went from that to, to DVDs and CDs, where you can get multiple movies on the same little thin little disc. And then from that to the little the little apps and stuff that you have right now. But so when the the VCR came out and all of a sudden you can get all these movies now and have them in your house, that was a big boon. And, and but a lot of times you didn't have the money to buy all these movies. And so what people would do is someone would get a little store and they would buy a thousand movies and they would put them in there and then they would rent them out. And so here you had individual mom and pop stores where you could go in and rent a movie. But then Blockbuster came out. Blockbuster was a nationwide chain of movie rental places where you could go in. And in, in most of the mom and pops, you, you rent the movie and you could only keep it for one day. But with Blockbuster was automatically three days and it was cheaper. And so they killed the competition. and. The problem with Blockbuster, though, is when Redbox and Netflix and all these companies came along, Blockbuster didn't want to change. They thought that they could still keep those expensive because their prices went up over time. Once they became the number one, they started to raise their prices. So they priced themselves out of the market. But then also. They didn't anticipate competition. They thought that they were going to be able to keep those expensive stores with expensive movie theater prices and and just you know make a million dollars off of people knocking people's heads off when in actuality you could go to dollar tree and buy the can the same candy for uh you know for one third of the price you know so they they priced themselves out of the market and they didn't adapt to netflix and they didn't adapt to you know going online and streaming and and all this other stuff and and then they had all these overhead from all these different buildings and so once their market share started to decline because these other competitors came in they eventually went out of business they were not agile as believers what we have to understand is that you you must adapt to changes not just the change that has happened you need to see them as they're coming right now we've got changes in society that are happening in all different forms of marketing that's happening. And if you're saying the same 
old message or the same message in the same old way, you're not really relating to the current problem. And 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 so for a lot of people, the church is irrelevant because we're not really speaking to what what they're seeing and being challenged with right now. Like you look at all this stuff with the LGBTQ and all these people. They have a marketing campaign that they do is constant. It's constant marketing. They're constantly pushing and 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 taking territory. And if all we're doing is retreating into little safe spaces and not giving an alternative point of view, then they're going to be able to dominate. And, and that's what we're seeing is happening. OK, and so we have to be agile. We have to be able to adapt to change. But then we still speak the truth, though. We, we still have to stay grounded in the truth. And so. The bottom line is you got to be able to adapt and overcome cellular the new the, the 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 church is cellular now what do i mean by that well so in the early church where it started when after jesus you know he was walking around with his disciples once he left he left the disciples there to grow the church it was cellular they met from house to house they didn't have the big buildings and all that stuff. They didn't need it because if they moved, whatever wherever they went was church. And, and, and God said, whenever two or three of you are gathered together, that's church. Okay. And so that's 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 fellowship. Now you have to understand an ecclesia, a church, is actually a person. And uh, but then you have the the fellowship of multiple people. That's 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 a church service. Okay, so so you have to understand you had the ecclesia, a church is one person, but then the fellowship of them, that's a body of, of believers fellowshipping together. See now there's and so you have to understand it starts at one cell, which is a one person, and then it just spreads out. Just like your cells in your body, you start with one cell and then expands it to and then four and then eight, and then next thing you know, you got a person pop out. Okay, and, and it's just like that. The church is, is cellular, it starts down to one, it goes down to one person. Your house is a is a is a place of fellowship. Okay. And then we have so it's cellular and it's individual. Let me just say this. Cellular, that's that's groups, individuals. The groups are made up of one person, of multiple individual people. Okay. And then it's corporate. And so the corporate church body. So you have you have formal church bodies like someone God may tell someone, hey, go start a formal body over here and get a building and all that other stuff. And, and it's no different than what I just said. It's just formalized. OK, but now in that place of fellowship, you'll have some people that don't know God. You'll have some people that do know God. The ones that do know God are the church. The ones that do not are not. They may go to a place for an assembly. They may go to a place that assembles for fellowship. But if you're not actually called by God, if you're not uh, anointed, you, if, if you're not sealed by the Holy Spirit, you're not part of the ecclesia. You're not uh, you're not the individual. You're not part of the body. You're nothing. You're just attending. And you got to understand there's a lot of people that just go to church, the term, but they're not actually part of the body. OK, and so the corporate body of the church is actually worldwide. The corporate body of believers. It's an organism. It's, it's individual people 
that are just everywhere who know God, they hear him. And just like the ant that says in, in Proverbs, say, go study the ant, you sluggard. See, it has neither ruler nor overseer, but it puts away its stores in the summer or it, it harvests grain in the summer and puts away its stores for winter. The bottom line is the, the individual people who hear God, who are, who are led by, sealed by and led by the Holy Spirit, that's the corporate body of the church. That's the way it's always going to be. That's the way it's always been. There's never not, ever since Jesus established it, there's always been a handoff of believer to believer to believer. And so that's the way it's always going to be. Okay. The church is mobile. Now, a lot of times we think that we're supposed to go to a particular building on a particular day. And this is, this is church, but that's not necessarily the case. God may have you speak to someone at the gas station. God may send someone, you know, when you're, if you get a flat tire, I can think of all kinds of things that God has done in my life where I ended up in a place that I didn't intend to be because he had set up an appointment for me to, to be there to meet someone, to talk to them and lead them to him. Okay. And it's like that for all of us. You have to understand that the church is mobile. The church is supposed to be mobile, mobile. It's, it's, it's not set that it, you, that, that that it only happens in certain places at certain times on certain days because God has not designed it like that. He told the, the disciples that he was going to send them unto Jerusalem, unto Judea and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Meaning he wasn't going to, he didn't want them to just stay there in Jerusalem. That's why he sent the persecution because the persecution got them to disperse. You have to understand the word of God is like fire. If fire is in this room, it's going to spread to the next place and the next place and the next place. It's supposed to do that. If the fire of God is inside of you and his word is inside of you and you live it, you don't just talk it. You think it, you see through the word, it's going to come out. And as it comes out, it, it causes damage. It either builds up stuff or it cleans stuff or it purifies, but it's fire. Fire spreads and likewise, the word of God is supposed to do that. I'll give you another example, a negative example, a virus. A virus, it goes from one person to the next. Well, so the word of God is the same. Okay, if the word of God is in you, it's supposed to spread. And, and God will, will move you around to make sure you spread it. Okay, and so, uh, you know, the church is online. Now, let me just say this. I was talking to you about the high tech. Online, there's there's something called the Internet of Everything. It, they started saying this a few years back. And it's how the online world is going actually moving into the regular world. You, you know, initially the internet was that you got on a TV screen and or on a on a computer. And then you turned on the internet and now you're connected to all this information. But you have to understand that apps run everything. Apps are going to run everything. That's a major business that believers should be involved in is, is understanding and making apps. Okay. We need to be involved in this stuff and, and, and in it. Okay. The, the internet is now not just on the internet. It's not just on this computer that you may be watching this on or on your phone or whatever. It's, the interaction between your phone and, and, and unlocking your car and, and, the, and the apps that unlock the doors and, and record, you know, people coming by your house and stuff like that. 
you know, all this stuff is enabled by the internet. Okay. And so the internet is, is off the internet. Now it's, it's actually into real life. Now I can tell you, as I've been meditating on this and kind of thinking about this stuff, that's because this is the way things happen in heaven. All we're doing is emulating things that God has already made. And, and our technology is advancing to what's been old since the beginning. Okay, there's there's nothing that's more advanced than what's going on in heaven. And all we're doing is creeping up slowly to that level. We're not going to get there on the flesh. But the bottom line is the advances that you see in technology is only because this is the highest level. Okay, and so the church is online. So, you know, we're 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 ministering online. We're embracing new technologies, streaming services, all these different things. Whatever comes, we need to know about it and be involved in it because these are more and more effective tools for us to evangelize and spread the gospel and connect. But now at the exact same time, the world is using these tools to try and devangelize or devangelize, as I call it. The exact same tools that we're that we're not engaging in as much as we should you know they, they are and and i can and one of the things that a lot of believers can't really connect to or understand or relate to is just the fact that it's like being a christian's a nuisance oh there they go there's that Christian. We, we were having fun. We were talking about the game and now they're talking about Jesus. Or we were getting ready to go to this thing and now this guy standing out here shouting at us with this sign telling us that people are going to go to hell. Or these people were driving on our way to, to go to wherever and there's a, someone standing there with a sign on the corner talking about people going to hell. You have to understand this. The word of God is a nuisance to those that are dying. It is. You're not going to change that. Your job is actually to be a nuisance to those people. Do you think anybody's upset that their kidney, I'm sorry, that their uh, that their appendix started hurting before it burst? No. You want the warning, oh, my kidney, my, my appendix is killing me, you know, so that you can go to the hospital and find out what's wrong. And they say, oh, man, this thing's inflamed. It's about to burst. You want to know ahead of time. You don't want to. Say, oh, I just feel bad. And then you die. And then you never knew that the kidney burst or oh, let's keep saying kidney. The appendix, the appendix, you know, you want you want the notification that something's wrong ahead of time. And so that's what we do. We're we're that interruption that tells someone when they're on their way to, to go see a movie, you know, your appendix is hurting. Your appendix is about to burst. This is life and death. What we do is life and death. And those who don't appreciate it. You know, it's just like the people who let their appendix burst and they die. They were in pain, but they didn't want to go to the doctor and they just died. Whereas someone else would take that as an invitation to go get it checked out. Okay. And and then once you go there, they still have to get it. You know, sometimes they want a second and a third opinion. They might die waiting on another opinion. Okay. And so what we are is we're that appendix. We're that, that thing that interrupts that good time that they thought they were having to wake them up that, that you might be dying so so we have to embrace that you know there's there, we need to embrace the maturity to understand that well, our message for those who are perishing is not wanted it's not welcome but for those who are pointed to life it's worth it and so when you can deal with all the different people who reject the message and treat you bad or whatever because they don't like 
they don't want to hear about this stuff when you find those who 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 do appreciate it and they come into life it makes it all worthwhile it's kind of like the the you know when a woman is pregnant you know pregnancy is inconvenient the labor is inconvenient but then once the baby comes out you know and he's smiling and cooing at you or she you know it, it just makes things worth it and so there's things that we go through that have a value that transcends the the trouble you see what i'm saying and so as believers we have to embrace that negative side that some people aren't going to like the message they don't want to hear it but those aren't the people you're assigned to you're assigned to the ones who do want to hear you just have to sift through all those people and so that's just a negative side that comes with this thing that our message is not wanted by the world who's dying but for the people who come to life I'm, i promise you they'll love you for it okay so um so we're in the world we're in the world we're not just in our little safe spaces too okay so we're online we're in the world the church is able the 21st century church is able able-bodied so much of what we have been given to believe is that we're deficient as believers that the world is smarter than us or the world's got more money that we need to appeal to businesses and companies to help us do stuff and governments and political parties and all that other stuff you don't need none of that you don't need any of that you don't need anything other than god he will give you the resources the help and the talent that you need or he'll give you the ability to go get it you know that's that's very important we're supposed to be independent we're supposed to be independent led by god empowered by god now does that mean you're not going to ever experience lack or or hardship or any of those things no god sends those things as a workout to to, to solidify you and prepare you so that you you're 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 solid it's kind of like um i talk about these guys all the time you look at like the navy seals they'll send this group of three four five guys into a place and it's just them and they'll go in they'll get in they'll execute what they need to do and they'll get right back out the only reason that they can do that is because they're trained to encounter all kinds of things their training is hard it's continually hard and it's continually more advanced they're getting the best of new technology has to offer and all these other things so they stay sharp stay cutting edge god is no different he's going to send you through some things that are going to mature you and grow you up and teach you some things constantly the the, the walk of, of following mashiach is is not boring ask the disciples ask him they'll tell you i mean he said go get in the boat i'll meet you on the other side next thing you know you see him walking on water at night and then and then he gets in the boat and immediately you're on the other side i mean you know you know i mean this is not this is not a boring walk and you're not deficient god is going to put you in places and things that's for your betterment even though sometimes you can't understand it but just understand he's making you able he's making you it's just like it says in the scripture he gives you the ability to get wealth well he didn't say that he gives you wealth he gives you the ability how does he give you the ability he takes you through some stuff where you can make it okay um the church is genuine now let me just say this there's a lot of fakeness i i i, I talked in the in one of the messages in a bunch of the messages actually I've, I've been given to give there's just a lot of fake stuff oh uh, i remember it was in one of my manifesting the mind of christ 
uh, um, deals. You know, I, you know, Lord gave me a message. If 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 Jesus is the truth, then why do so many Christians lie? I think it was in Manifesting Modern Christ, or it could have been Bible study. I don't know. I've got so many different shows, but the bottom line is, we need to get rid of all anything that's fake. No fake, nothing. You can't be fake and genuine at the same time. If either you're a real pair of Levi's jeans or you're a knockoff. If I come and spend my money to get Levi's and I got your fake pair, you know, there's no warranty with that. If they tear up or they, or they don't perform right, you know, you just you just duped me. You took something that that you made for a dollar that Levi takes ten dollars to make. And now I bought the a fake counterfeit thing and I'm walking around thinking I got the real thing. That's that's what uh, one of the things that people hate about a lot of the religion that they see happening in churches is a bunch of fake stuff. People being pushed over the church dance, all kinds of stuff. You know, the, the musicians at any point in time just start playing. Dan, 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 dan. Next thing you know, people start acting like they got to do this, like they can't control themselves. And it's, and that's a lie. God hates that. God hates that church dance. He hates the people pushing people over. He hates any of the things that people are doing where they're trying to, manifest or, or 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 manufacture the miraculous god can't stand any of that and if you're doing those things you need to stop you're going to be judged because you're turning people away the only people that are, that are going to stay in your ministry are weak and if you want to be a weak uh fake minister with a bunch of weak fake people then you do that you do that stuff and all your weak fake people will stay and hang out with you and your weak fake services and 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 you'll be able to manipulate them to give you all their money and all this other mess but god ain't got in any of that and every bit of that you're going to throw up you're going to throw up everything that you got out of that you know god does not want fake stuff in the church the church is supposed to be the realest place in the world the most genuine place in the world the most honest place in the world and and we have to we have to embrace that now, part of that is, you know, the people, the people, you, we have to hold e each other accountable. You know, just because someone's a minister, when you hear ministers preach these, these things like um, that, the minister is above accountability and stuff like that, leave. Now, the scripture does say, if you have any charge to bring against an elder, you should have two or three witnesses. But that doesn't mean don't bring the charge. If you got two or three witnesses that the person did something, you need to consider what this person is saying. There shouldn't be anybody in a place that's that's molesting people, boys, girls, anybody. But you got things that are that are happening like that because people aren't are being trained to be sheep. God didn't say train be trained to be sheep. He's he we're his sheep. We're lions to the world, but we're sheep to him. We we follow him. We're his sheep, but we're lions. He didn't tell you to be to be, you know, that's what ecclesia means. Called out once, called out of the world, giving you the ability to kick the devil's door down. That's not a weak person. That's not a sheep. That's a lion. But to him, we're sheep. We're, we're his sheep. But he's the lion. You, you see what I'm saying? He was the lamb of sacrifice, but he was a, he's a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay, so we're not designed to be weak and, and whatnot. And the only reason a lot of these fake ministers can stay in a place and build a ministry is because you got weak people or you got people who decided to be weak, who are not help holding them accountable. If you start holding uh, a fake minister accountable, they'll ask you to leave. Either they'll change and repent or they'll ask you to leave. Most likely they'll ask you to leave. I've been there. I've been there. I've seen some people doing some fake stuff and they asked me to leave. And then they lied and told their kids 
that I just quit or that I just left. I found that out recently. You know, I mean, you know, uh, the point that I'm making to you is that the word of God says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Okay, so we have to be iron. You want to be sharp, you got to be abrasive, and you have to be iron. That doesn't mean you're abrasive all the time. It just means you have the ability to, and if God taps you on the heart and says, hey, go, go call that person on that, you'll do it. Okay, and so the only reason a lot of this fake stuff can even survive is because a lot of us are abdicating our responsibility to hold them accountable. And God didn't tell you to do that. You see what I'm saying? And any any leader who can't take people uh, checking them to make sure they're all right. Is not called. Or they're uh, they're being um, um, they're out of line as a believer. None of us are above being called out. None of us. Now, sometimes people will call you out for something that's a lie. And you have to be able to tell them, no, that's a lie. Or sometimes people will call you out with the wrong motives or whatever. And you have to be able to pick through these things and you have to be able to deal with it in a productive way. That's back to being agile. But the bottom line is you still got to deal with it and you have to stand. If God told you to say something and you said it, then make them make them eat it. If they want to bring it up and challenge them, make them eat it. Show them in the scripture. Stand your ground. But if they show you that you're wrong, then, then repent. Admit you're wrong. Hey, I got it wrong. Okay, so so the bottom line is that that conflict of making sure everybody's right and 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 making sure yourself is right, allowing yourself to be held accountable, is is part of what makes the church strong or what made the church strong. You'll see in the writings in the New Testament, Paul had 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 uh, times he was confronting Peter and and you know I mean you had the you had the fake um, the Judaizers come in. I mean they were constantly making sure that that what was being preached was right. And they hold, they held each other accountable and they were willing to listen and be, be uh, in, um, in accord with what the Holy Spirit was saying. Because if God tells, if God sends someone to tell you something, he sa- he's talking to you. He didn't have to appear. He, t- he told someone to tell you, he's talking to you. Jesus said, if, if, you, if I send you to someone and they don't receive you, it's not you that they didn't receive. It's me, the one that sent you. So if someone, if God sends somebody to talk to you, understand he's the one that's talking to you. Okay. And so make sure that you are accountable to make sure that, that you at least listen and make sure that, that that's whether that's God or not. And he'll confirm it. If, it's, if it was from him, he'll let you know. Okay. He'll let you know by the word. He'll let you know. I mean, the Holy Spirit, he, he's not he's not mute he can speak okay and so the church is genuine and and it's not fake all right and devoid of empty tradition now i i spoke on this a, a, a little earlier when i first got started or i started to speak on it i'd say i was going to continue you've got people now who as their form of religion dress the way people did a thousand years ago two thousand years ago a couple hundred years ago a hundred years ago 50 years ago now the bible doesn't say that you will not find in the scripture besides the priests in the old testament 
where God said that you need to have, you need your clothes need to look like this. There were priestly garments made for Aaron and his sons. They were the only ones who, who I even remember in scripture where it said that they had to be dressed a certain way. Okay. A lot of times people get stuck in these traditions that have nothing to do with anything. Okay. And, or they'll go into these cults where they say, you got to dress like us. We all got to wear these colors and we got to put this on and all these other things. Oh, there was the, there were the tassels that the, the they had to, the, yeah, the priest had to wear, or the men had to wear, you know, but again, that's under the law. Okay. The law was satisfied and you won't find any, none of that stuff is, is, is necessary for salvation. We got to keep things that are salvation related as salvation related. And, and these antiquated style of dress and things like that, all that does is, is just, if, you know, I mean, it's okay if you're, if you're doing that because you feel God told you to do that, then fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, but at the same time, sometimes what we do is we take on empty traditions. Now, what the, what the word of God does say, it talks about modesty. It talks about self-control. It talks about adornment and things like that. And, and, and what it's mainly talking about is making sure that you're not, um, that you're not carried away with the world. And so what do I mean by that? When it tells, um, let's say women to dress modestly. One problem that men have is lusting, looking at women. But the reason that that's a problem too is because women like to be looked at. It's a self-building wall. It's a self-building wall. She wants to be looked at. He wants to look. Okay. So, so we have to understand is you're looking or her wanting to be looked at, you know, these things need to be controlled. You know, a man is supposed to, to guard your, you're supposed to guard your eyes, control what you look at and don't look at. And woman, you're supposed to control uh, the temptation to want to be desired. Okay. So these, these things are, are scriptured. That's going to be timeless. If you're, if you're, if we're walking in trying to just be, uh, con uh, conservative so that God is pleased with us, that, that, that should take care of it by itself. Okay. Um, but as, as society goes, you know, you, you see things, people are getting looser and looser and looser with what they wear and whatnot. And, and, and it's, you know, well, why does she get to wear that? And I don't, you know, well, everybody's looking at her. I want somebody, people look at me too. And next thing you know, bam, 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 you know, but at the same time, you, you got some cultures in the world where they make the women wear wear black tents everywhere they go. You, you see what I'm saying? And is it the women's fault that the men are lusting after the women? So the women got to walk around with a with a black uh, full black covering. You know, I mean, what about the men's accountability to not be looking? And so and so so they got to wear all this oppressive clothing just so so these men can be walking around, you know, um, not being tempted. I mean, it's 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 it's. it's Sometimes we just go too far. And, and, and the point that I want to make to you is the church is not defined by these types of things, except that we are, are you know, uh, good and wholesome and modest in, 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 in the things that we do and don't do. Those things are, are timeless. I don't care how fine a woman is. That one that ain't nobody seen, she's probably going to be the one to get married. You know, I mean, that's just the way the life is. We, we have to be... Um, uh, wise. Okay. 
the church is knowledgeable. So I'm getting close to the end of my time. I'm, I'm trying to make it through all these. The church is knowledgeable. Well, let me go back to the dress. There's pl there's places where they say that women shouldn't wear lipstick and makeup and stuff like this. Now, yesterday I was talking in the book of Enoch. And a lot of that makeup and stuff was actually brought down from angels. The fallen angels. But what you have to understand is that's not just talking about like regular stuff. That's talking about how to use makeup and things to control and manipulate people and and the 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 the, the flashing of your eyes and 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 things it's, it's witchcraft it's manipulation okay that's not just regular all right so understand we we want to stay to the far askew of of going overboard into the things of the flesh if you do that you'll be fine okay the church is knowledgeable so i was just talking about the book of enoch First of all, we should be scholars of Scripture. Every believer needs to be scholars of Scripture. What I encounter a lot of times right now is you have these different little cults and sects that are popping up where they where they're trying to say, well, we're not Christians. And and, you know, you got to keep the law and you got to do all this other stuff. And then they'll memorize like 100 verses They'll be able to spout off 100 verses, but they don't know what any of them mean. And then they come up with these crazy doctrines. They they have to add to the scripture to make up their doctrines. Now they're talking about the big one is saying that Paul, Paul was a false apostle and all this other stuff. These people don't know God. They don't. If you ask them, have, do you hear from God? Does God talk to you? They can't say yes. You say, well, when was the last time you heard from God or God gave you a vision or a dream or, or spoke to you? And they can't say that. You know, I mean, and, and so the bottom line is a lot of times people are because they know they'll try to overwhelm you with their learning. That happened to Jesus. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they tried to come and confront Jesus. But man, he's the Mashiach. How are you going to confront him? He's the one that said you can breathe right now. And so you had a lot of dumb people who don't know who they're talking to or dealing with. And likewise, they come to you. You're, you're an emissary of the actual king, and they want to come and try and manipulate you and talk to you because they might have memorized more scriptures than you. So what you memorize more scriptures? Do you know God? Does God speak to you? These are the places, you know, so if you and but at the same time, we shouldn't be unknowledgeable. We should know the scripture. When the when the devil confronted Jesus and after the 40 days after he was baptized and he was in the uh, in the wilderness 40 days when the devil came to him what did he do he tried to misquote scripture first thing he tried to do was say worship me worship me a couple of times and when jesus gave him scripture back then he tried to misquote some scripture at jesus but because jesus knows the scripture he is the scripture he's the word of life how are you gonna misquote scripture to me you know i'm saying jesus talking to the devil i mean you know bottom line tell him get out of here but the, but you need to know the scripture god will give you levels of understanding the scripture that people can't even understand OK, and so we need to be knowledgeable of the scripture so that when these people come to you with a doctrine that you've got a deposit in you that got the Holy Spirit can just tell them this. OK, and but if you don't have that in there, you're going to be deficient and, and you, it's going to cause you trouble. So we need to be knowledgeable of the scripture. We also need to be knowledgeable of life. We need to be fully engaged in life, fully in pursuit of life. Your life should be on a trek 
You should be in the fight. When you, until you die, you need to be in a fight to make your life better. You know, in, in the productivity and in your enjoyment of it. Okay, so we need to be uh, knowledgeable of life and living. We need to be knowledgeable of business and commerce. One of the main things God has put on my heart to tell you now is that the church, we have to move into commerce. God wants us to be the head. How are you going to be the head if you're not the employer? Okay. And so I've got a book coming out about that. Uh, God wants you in business for the kingdom where it talks about how God wants to partner with you to help you succeed in commerce and business and things like that and entrepreneurship to help you become the head. So I've got that coming out. But the bottom line is you, God wants you to be knowledgeable of business. So many believers I'm going over on my time right now, <clears throat> But I've got to finish these last couple of points. So many believers, I've heard this say that money is the root of all evil. And that's somebody who does has no understanding of money. Money is an inanimate object. If you set that dollar bill right there, nobody moves it. It's going to be right there. It can't do anything. It's just paper. It's when you take it and you spend it that it does something. Okay. It, the, the scripture doesn't say money's the root of all evil. It says the love of money. Okay, but why would God tell you I give you the ability to get wealth if if if, if that was going to be evil? Yet God didn't say that. Okay, so we have to be wise where that's concerned. Uh, wise, the church of the 21st century and beyond is wise, full of wisdom. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you got everything. You we should be full of wisdom full of his wisdom he's constantly talking constantly giving you answers and revelation and things like that lastly the church is wealthy okay the, the church of the 21st century and beyond god is in the process he's going to shift some things to you if he can get them through you okay i uh, i was speaking just um i think it was uh it was either yesterday on right now or it was the day before sometime this week I was talking about being a big vessel you know you want to get that message um, in one of those other messages I did uh, earlier in the week okay and so bottom line this is a letter to the church of the 21st century and beyond all the everything I told you now will be in effect from now all the way into the second coming and, and beyond I can promise you okay so Again, take these things that I've said to heart and pray about it, meditate on it, ask the Lord if this is what he's speaking to you, if he confirms it. And until then, um, you know, or until Monday, I'll be coming back with uh, Just Truth at 730 and Success with Apostle Dwayne at 8 uh, on Monday. And until then, I'll see you. Have a good weekend. Thank you again for tuning into Shabbat with Apostle Dwayne. We hope that these messages are ministering to you and empowering you to make a difference in your life. Please don't forget to subscribe to our RSS feed so that you never miss a new episode. And don't forget to tell your family and friends. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you again next week.